Hello and welcome to The Voice of Business, the Gwinnett Chambers online radio show and podcast. I'm J.D. Mealer, Senior Vice President of Commercial Banking at Regions Bank. Regions Bank was proud to be the presenting sponsor of the 2021 Gwinnett Chambers Small Business Awards. And on this special episode, we're going to meet some of the 2021 Small Business Award winners. Joining us today in the Business Radio X studio are Erica Gwynn with Seven Oaks Academy, Chell Hartzer with 360 Pest and Food Safety Consulting, and Sid Theus with American Painting and Renovations. We're going to start with Erica Gwynn. Erica, representing Seven Oaks Academy, won the minority-owned, woman-owned uh, award for this year's Small Business uh, Awards. So, Erica, welcome and congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. Look, um, your organization won the minority-owned, woman-owned award. Um, first off, tell us about your business, and then tell us what it meant to win that award. Absolutely. Seven Oaks Academy is a premier preschool. Of course, I would say that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Established in 1988, and I am the third owner in July 2019. Came in very excited saw an abundance of opportunity to serve students ages six weeks to 12 years old. And about seven, eight months later, that whole model changed. And ironically, most uh, preschools went through this, you know, tuition uh, and registration downhill, but it Mm. really turned into an opportunity to really figure out how can we meet and better serve the needs of our students. So it slowed it down enough for me to figure it out. So so you acquired the business when? July 2019. Wow. Yes. Your first foray into business ownership. No, I okay. have uh, the parent company. We did summer camps for 12 uh, years doing okay. math and science STEM camps. And it was very seasonal. And yeah. I had on a vision board that I wanted a year-round entity. And I knew I have plenty of years working with students. So I put a preschool in my vision board and... God called my bluff, <laughs> and I'm and he grateful. Gave it to you. He gave it to me in Lilburn. In Lilburn. Now Georgia. you weren't living at Lilburn in Lilburn when you when you bought. Um, I was living in Beaufort, Georgia, okay, at the time. Okay. Yes, new to Gwinnett, and then about six months later, we purchased the preschool. Okay, and in 2019, and then yes. everything changed in 2020. Yes. Uh, so you've you've run some summer camps. You have experience with that. Mm-hmm. Now your name's on the door, so to say. Yes. Um, you've taken some risk in purchasing something. Absolutely. Uh, I, I did uh, j- just. I'm a banker. I got to ask. I love that. Did, did, did you have to get a loan to purchase the bill? I'm not asking the details, oh, but no, no, did no. you have to get a loan? Great question. Actually, uh, we went into a seller financing. I okay. did bring some, you know, investment to the table. Some equity, yeah. But we did a seller financing deal. Okay, very yes. good. Very good. Well, nonetheless, there's still um, a, a debt requirement for you to pay. So yes. here, COVID occurs. New business owner. Yes. And you're just thrown into this new business model. Oh, yeah. How'd you do? Honestly, I was very stressed. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. stressed. Sleepless nights. Uh-huh. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's a, a, a different element when you have payroll and a team. Mm. And that just really came at, luckily for us, we had a lot of stability with state funding. We ran a Georgia pre-K program. Okay. So funding okay. really stayed stable. Gotcha. But the execution of services, how we delivered that changed dramatically. So it was yeah. a lot of stress just trying to figure out how to keep a team safe. Um, one of our most senior staff has is close to retirement. And mm. I was very concerned about how do I keep her safe 
but allow her to continue to be a viable part of this team until she's ready to retire. That was a big challenge for me. Wow. So there were a lot of challenges right out of the gate. And did did you have enough uh, sort of runway to build relationships with parents and students um, from the time you bought it to the time that sort of, I hate to keep saying when COVID hit, but, you know, that changed a lot for you. Were you able to build relationships uh, in that time? Absolutely. Um, I've always been a never working silo type of person. I came from working in collegiate high school, so I understood the dynamics of building relationships with our feeder schools. Mm. So one of the first initiatives was building a relationship with our uh, feeder high school at Meadow Creek. Oh, yeah. Um, And then with our parents, I knew that one of the things the school was lacking was branding. So I was intentional about building relationships with our parents and then getting their feedback and asking them for Tell us about your experiences. What do you like about our school? How can we better serve? That way I could better identify the gap. Oh, very good. Okay, so this isn't a scripted question. Um, and, if, and if I ask it and it, it, it bombs, then Mike can just uh, edit it out. <laughs> okay. Is there a meaning behind Seven Oaks Academy? The name itself? Yes. You know, that is a great question. I historically have tried to gather enough data to say this is why the school has this name, but I don't have a rhyme or reason. Actually, when I came, did a Google search, there are like seven or eight other Seven Oaks Academies, but they all had the same tree logo, but none of them are interconnected. So really? one of the first things I did is said, get rid of the tree. We need, <laughs> we need a bird. We need an owl. He needs to be wise. So no, there's, I don't know the story behind it, but there are a lot of oak trees around our campus. So there you go. I okay. guess that might have something to do and, with it. And by the way, I just got to say my question about building relationships, you know, mm-hmm. from the time you bought to when COVID hit, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by your answer because just meeting you before and seeing you for a few minutes now, you're very engaging and I just appreciate your smile oh, and thank you. you for your kindness I'm sure the the parents really appreciate your leadership and your engagement there absolutely the parents love it it's hard with team to make a change mm-hmm. when you've done things always the same way for a while but um, I, I have no qualms or hesitation to say that if you keep children first and you use best practices then we all will keep moving forward and make successful young adults right yeah. so I'm glad of, and proud of what we've done you know you said something a moment ago about being a business owner and, and I, I deal with business owners all the time and the thing that always registers in my mind is a business owner is not only worried when they go to bed at night about their mortgage they're worried about 20 mortgages or mm-hmm. five mortgages whatever it is so that's a different perspective in how you run a business and how you run your life really so I know they're very grateful for you Absolutely. I had to learn to work on myself, and that (laughs) made me a better leader. And learning to say, the clock ends at 6 o'clock. Go home and be a good wife. Go home and be a good mom. That way, and be good to me as my own self. Exercise, eat better, so Mm -hmm. I can sleep better. And I'm grateful. That change is what I believe has pivoted us and made us successful. Oh, that's great. Tell me about um, someone that's been influential on you in your business journey. Mentor advisor who's mm-hmm. been influential influential on you um i would say it, rather than a particular person well there is a person um my eos coach i'm a member of entrepreneurs organization as an accelerator which uh, is for small business owners who are under one million in revenue and you're one in a scale and okay. so i intentionally joined um by invitation but i reciprocated and joined and i 
sought a business coach. And so through that platform, I operate like your iPhone runs on iOS. Our business runs on EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System. So Shelly Smith, she's based in Virginia. She is an amazing uh, coach to my team. She keeps us um, uh, with quarterly data tracking, and we meet every week, and and she's very impressive and a very smart woman. All right, so just just dumb banker over here. What data are you tracking at, you know? Yes. um, you know, at a preschool, you know, six months. To t- what data are you tracking? <laughs> well, when I started, it was tracking how many poo poo diapers were there. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized that data wasn't going to grow this business. So we track data from uh, do we collect uh, de- certain data from the time that we get a phone call? Do we convert tours into enrollments? Um, mm. So we t- track retention. We track uh Gosh, things from how many community partners we have, what type of uh, staff outages or closures we have okay. related to COVID, just being able to see the trends and dips. So, yeah, I, I just think that's interesting <laughs> that, that 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 data analysis at the bank. We we do a lot of data analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it for our borrowers. We do it for cash running through accounts, whatever it may be. And here you are using it in, in your business. Well, data data tells a story. It does. And actually, I think I am not your typical preschool director with data as a first focus, but my okay. background was in grant writing. So uh. I knew that the <laughs> analytics would be important to tell the story. So even though I didn't know all of what happened maybe the 29 years before I got there, I knew that I had to start somewhere to start tracking how many students do we serve? I know that we serve 67% Hispanic-speaking families. I know that, you know, uh, 30% of our families are single-parent households. So it's important for me to do that so that I can convert that data into better telling uh, partners how they can help us make sure students are um, achieving kindergarten readiness. Because 52% of students in Gwinnett County are not ready for kindergarten. And that's a big data really? number to crunch. Yes. So 52% in general in are not Gwinnett ready County. for kindergarten. That is correct. Uh, outgoing superintendent, uh, Will Banks, was very clear, and he sparked a fire in me when he said that data back in 2019, I oh, believe. Wow. And so I've been on a mission to make sure that if uh, parents enroll at our school, they uh-huh. know that their child will be kindergarten ready. So are you 100%? I don't think we're 100%. You know, you're never 100%. There's okay. always outside influences that comes into it. Of course, yes. But do we give them a head start? Do we meet the parents and try to create a holistic plan to say it's bigger than kindergarten? Uh, but, yes, I think we're, we're on the track to do a cradle-to-college pathway. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you. I bet you love all those all those kids. <laughs> I do. How many students? We are licensed for 257. Okay. Do and, you have all spots filled? Um, we just recently got rid of our Georgia pre-K. So prior to closing Georgia pre-K, we were about 70 students. Okay. Right now, we are very minimal. We are down to five in our infant to toddler mixed age classroom. We are actually rebranding to be a Montessori school, which will reopen in the fall as a full Montessori program, which is a completely different Whoa, way of teaching. Oh, yeah. Yes. So not only did you buy this thing, <laughs> COVID hits, and now you're changing the business, the, the, I guess the service model. The service model, that is correct. I thought that. Well, because, you know, doing it the other way wasn't, you know, I mean, that's that's really exciting. I'm a little it. bit scary, I guess. It is. It, it, you know, I'm back in school, so I can learn what is a Montessori program. You know, Montessori is not a branded term, so anybody could open up a Montessori preschool tomorrow 
but um, I'm intentional about making sure our kids get access to good resources and if I'm gonna say we're doing it I want to know what it is so I'm in school right now taking classes learning about primary classrooms and uh, the guide following the student um, yeah lifelong learning well you're gonna do great there's no doubt there's no doubt here's 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 the final question that everybody's gonna get hindsight is 2020 mm -hmm. if you could go back in time what piece of advice would you tell yourself when you started on this journey um piece of advice I would give myself is to continue to stay true to my values mm. and not let outside influences sway mm. that, that journey, you know? Yeah, that's good. That That's what I would tell myself, to, to stay focused on your values because my, my values mean a lot to me yeah. and I, I trust them. That's right. To to grow a team, to grow a business. So that that's what I would tell myself. That's wonderful. Thank you for any any closing comments on behalf of your award or the chamber or anything. Um, I just want to thank the chamber. I, I one of the first things I did when I came to Seven Oaks Academy was became a, a Gwinnett Chamber member, and um, I just I'm grateful for the resources and I reconnected and I have a lot of networking to do. So I'm excited about that. And thank you for Business X Radio for having us and and Regions Bank uh, for the <laughs> the letters that you sent out. Just the, you know, it, it felt very welcoming, and I'm grateful for that because it takes all of us to to create that that long term success for Gwinnett County. Yeah, Gwinnett is a very special place, and uh, it's special because of folks like you. So thank you for being with us today, and congratulations. We wish wish you well in that transition. So uh, <laughs> you know, you. we'll we'll be watching. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you again, Erica with Seven Oaks Academy, who won the Minority Owned Woman Owned uh, Small Business Award. Uh, next to her is Shell Hartzer. Shell uh, won the Launch Award, and her company is called 360 Pest and Food Safety Consulting. And Shell wasn't with us in person because you were doing this awesome thing in Vegas. What were you doing? I was at a convention, uh, one of our national pest management conventions, and I was actually giving a talk on ticks and effectively uh -huh. treating for ticks in people's backyards at the same time this was going on here. Um, rarely am I at a loss for words when I'm hosting a <laughs> podcast. I just can't tell you uh, how ex how exciting that sounds. It, it is. It's very exciting. Well, tell us how. T tell us how, it, how, <laughs> how it's <ticks> exciting. <laughs> because we all need to be concerned about ticks and, and the pests that are in our backyard because we, we know that ticks carry a lot of diseases. Mm. And, and so we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our pets. We want to protect our families from those disease-carrying insects. So if we treat more effectively, we have fewer ticks, we have fewer disease transmission. So it is exciting. It is true. Uh, this, this past fall, I was working in my backyard, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I was just trimming bushes uh, and and found a, a tick or two and i was i didn't like it no i didn't like it at all <laughs> and then it's funny uh, I'm, I'm going way off topic for a second i was listening to this joe rogan podcast and it, i don't know if you listen to joe rogan he can talk about everything and he had um and he had ted nugent everybody's got their opinion about ted nugent but they were talking about some tick in texas and somebody had gotten and the stories of uh, I know I know we're not here to talk about ticks, but a lot, yeah, a lot of people get sick from mm -hmm. tick bites. Oh, yeah. And there's a new one now. Um, I, uh, you know, 
props to all the vegetarians out there, but if you're not a vegetarian, there's a tick that contains uh, certain proteins and certain stuff when it bites you that it will actually cause a meat allergy, and that is lifelong. So if you don't want to be a vegetarian, I I personally, I like my fish, I like my bacon, I don't want to give up my meat voluntarily, so I'm going to protect myself so that I don't get bit by those ticks. That's what Rogan and Nugent were talking about. Yeah. Sid, Sid wants his mic on over here. Yes, I, I actually had an employee, uh, one of my former vice presidents, that got bit by that kind of tick. Yeah. And that's a major change when you mm-hmm. go from being able to eat all the stuff you love to having to eat what he had to eat. It, it was, you know, yeah. changed his life drastically. Lyme, forever. Lyme disease, over over 400,000 cases per year of Lyme disease in the United States. 400,000 400, cases of Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How is that not headline news? When it is. It is. We we live in the South, so we don't have as many cases down here. But if you're in the Northeast, if you're in the Upper Midwest, uh, California is experiencing quite a bit of Lyme as well. Uh, certain parts of the the U.S. It's Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Um, mm-hmm. There, wherever you live, there is a tick carrying some kind of disease that you don't want. Okay, and you're going to help <laughs> us avoid that. <laughs> so tell us about. 360 Pest and Food Safety Consulting, now that we've had that that awesome <laughs> intro. That's wonderful. Yeah, so I work with mostly small and mid-sized pest control companies as a technical expert. So the big guys, the the Orkins, the Terminex, the Rentakills, they all have their full-time technical entomologists on staff to help their people. The small and mid-sized companies don't have that. They're not big enough yet. They don't need it full-time. So they're in this weird transition that they don't have any of that help. So started the business to help those small and mid-sized companies um, provide that resource to them on the time basis that they need it. So, you know, you've heard of fractional CEOs and, and part-time controllers. I'm, I'm a fractional entomologist that I get to help these companies improve their service, train their employees better, reduce their callbacks. And if we improve the service, we reduce the number of ticks, we reduce the number of pests that are in the customers, they're happier because they've got faster, better service. So you're an entomologist by education? By, by training. So I have an undergraduate and graduate degree in entomology, and I am a board-certified entomologist through the Entomological Society of America. Sid, I don't know about you or, or Eric. I, I've, never, I've never met an entomologist. Uh, you can say it. There's a, there's the, a first time for everything. So it's, <laughs> and you're awesome. I of mean, course. Of course you are. Yeah. Now, where's your degree from? Uh, so my undergraduate was from the University of Delaware, and my master's degree was from Kansas State University. Okay. Do we do we offer those degrees in in this area? University of Georgia has a fantastic entomology program. Go dogs. Absolutely. Yep. Does Alabama have one of those degrees? Oh, you had to ask me that. I don't know. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. <laughs> with no. all with all due respect, our Alabama <laughs> brethren. Sid, Sid's Mike. It's apparent to me that both both of these lady, ladies are very highly educated beyond me. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, we're learning a lot. Okay, um, so you uh, at 360 Pest and Food Safety Consulting, you won the Launch Award, which is uh, for a newer business that started up. You weren't there, but you still were moved by by winning. How, how did that feel? What did winning the award meant to mean to you? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, you know, starting this business, um, like like a number of people, starting this business during a pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic was terrifying. Um, 
and the the fact that it's been profitable the fact that there's been a demand for it and the the fact that that there was recognition is is just incredible i'm i'm honored now um so when the awards came down uh there were hundreds of applications and i was blessed to read through several of them i do specifically remember yours because it was it is in my mind it's very unique it is um but also the fact, as you mentioned, you started during the pandemic. Um, and I really was, was impressed by the fact that you took your education and your experience and brought it to a, a broader, you know, uh, group of clients. Um, how has the launch gone? For you? I know you said you're profitable. Um, you know, have you, have you, did you set goals for client acquisition? Have you met those goals? And, you know, tell us how business is going. Uh, business is going pretty well. Um, it can always be better. Of course. Uh, that's, that, that's the <laughs> Especially goal. Especially us bankers are going to tell you that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this has been my first full year, first 12 months uh, okay. in business, and we met our, our sales goals for this year, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. Super excited about that. Um, and business is, is good. It's, it is a new service. This has never existed before for these companies. So it's been a lot of getting the word out and showing them how this can help and how this can bridge the gap from being a, a small little startup pest control company to gaining this resource to get you to the next step, to get you to the next route, to get you growing to the point where you are big enough that you need a full-time entomologist on your staff. How big does a pest control company need to be to have a full-time entomologist? That's pretty much up to them and um, up to what their needs are. So we obviously Obviously, have the the big monsters that are out there um, that have their full time people, um, but it, it really it, it, it's up to them when they're ready for that and when they feel that they can have that in their budget. So talking to you today, it, it makes me think about the fact that I've always sort of thought of our uh, extermination pest control guy as sort of a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. But over the last couple of months, I've really gotten to know him. I enjoy our visits, and I really appreciate what he does for us. But those darn Joro spiders, if they don't get out of here, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot something. What's up with the Joro spiders? But let me ask you this. How many mosquitoes did you have this summer? Oh, uh, see? See? Oh. What a great, you oh. know? So, yeah, the, the spiders were definitely annoying this year. Um, those Joro spiders are an invasive species. They don't really belong here. They're spreading. Um, but the great thing about spiders is they eat tons of mosquitoes and flies, and the ground-dwelling spiders are going to eat your cockroaches and your crickets. So, you know, on the outside, again, it's n- there's nothing worse than walking through a spider web when you don't expect it. I get it. It's it's terrible. But they're doing a good job out there. Okay. And they're preventing some of those pests, again, that we don't necessarily want. I'll take that. From coming in. So, you know, knock down those webs, you know, try and disturb their habitat a little bit and, and talk to your, your pest control guy, and he can help you out. Well, I, I, I mean, maybe I'll just, you know, love on them a little bit. As long as I'm not – I go on a trail run, they, they sort of get in my grill a little bit. Or if I'm early, early season deer scouting, you know, yep. they are everywhere in the mm-hmm. deer woods. Um, do they eat ticks? You know, some of the ground-dwelling species may eat a few ticks, but that's, that's not okay. their main source, unfortunately. I thought, I thought maybe we had yeah. found something there right here on this podcast, but we didn't. Um, I think we know the answer to this, but what inspired you? to begin your business? Um, I was fired. Um, I was fired from my full-time corporate job again at the beginning of the pandemic. And of course the pandemic's going on, nobody's hiring. I'm looking around going, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And um, had a very good friend and a mentor who said, 
you need to start your own business. And I said, no, absolutely not. And about the fourth time he said it, I said, okay, let me, let me look at this um, and, and see if it's possible, see what, what's out there, who'd be the competition, and came to realize that there wasn't this service and really wanted to help those, those small and mid-sized companies and, and help them grow and help them develop and give them that best resource. So uh, what, what instigated it was, was me getting fired from my full-time job at the beginning of the pandemic and finding something that, that worked. Yeah, so, so what an interesting journey in sort of the psychology of, of, uh, of our journey through life. As you were mentioning earlier, Erica, you know, you're forced to make this decision. If you had not been fired, would you have ever gone into business for yourself? Oh, you know, that's that's a hard question to answer. I can't see into into the alternate realities, but um, probably not. Mm. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? I do. It's It's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. I Again, I have a science background. My degrees are in science. I'm a total nerd. I'm a big-time geek. So I've had to learn the business side over the last year and a half and take business classes. And mm. learning that side of it has been fantastic for me. And I think it's been a help for my customers, better understanding how you run a business. You know, had always had the basic ideas, but a little bit more in depth and, and to help them do that from their side as well. I just I just love that we're in a you know the bit the business culture is changing in such a way. Uh, now now we get media, we get stories from all different sources, but what I see are a lot of stories like yours that where you have people that have a very unique knowledge that are t- taking control of that knowledge and getting it out to more people. I just think that your story is really compelling and it's encouraging. Um, I, I, I have some, I was riding in a truck to a golf tournament with two buddies and one of my buddies has a son that's a junior in high school and my other buddy was the former uh, director of admissions at Georgia Gwinnett College. He was there when it went from 850 students to whatever it is now, 16,000 students. So my one buddy, buddy with, the, with the son going to college asked my other buddy, hey, how does this work? And in my mind, I thought, there's a business. Uh-huh. You know, there's a, if he's asking you this question, uh-huh. there's value in the answer. Uh-huh. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's sort of what you, there was a need. Yeah. You took, you took your uh, sort of forced decision and your knowledge. Um, and I just hope that it continues to go well. And certainly I know you find great resources in the chamber from a business coaching, networking um, perspective. Um, I got I to go to our key question, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you could go back in time, what piece of advice would you tell yourself when you started out? Keep your sense of humor. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Uh, there's going to be some good months. There's going to be some bad months. There's going to be some frustration. There's going to be some highs. Yeah, just just keep a sense of humor because we're we're only here for a short period of time. Let's let's enjoy it while we do. So maintain that sense of humor. I like that. That's an encouragement to me today. Thank you for sharing that. I needed to hear that. And um, congratulations. Any final comments uh, for the chamber or regarding your award? Uh, no, again, it, it sounds very cliche. It's it's an honor to be nominated, but it, it really is. It, it means something to me. So this is this is something pretty special, and I really appreciate it. Well, you rock. Congratulations. We appreciate you being here today. And, and uh, again, congratulations. Our, uh, our final guest is Mr. Sidney Theus with uh, American Painting and Renovations, who won the Founder Award. Let me look what the Founder Award is 
while I while you get ready over there. So the recipient of the Founder Award started small, but thought big. This top tier recognition will pay tribute to an entrepreneur has reached who has reached the pinnacle of prosperity. And I spent a little time on your website yesterday and see that um, you you have an amazing uh, group of clients. You have a ton of um, uh, community uh, support that you do. Um, and there may be a lot of folks listening that already know about your business, but for those that don't, tell us about your business. Well, um, we started in 1991, so we've been in business over 30 years. Uh, the first year or so, we mostly uh, painted houses. My former employee always wanted me to solve and sign a non-compete, but I didn't. But when I left him, I decided to wait a year before I went into the apartment industry business. That's what he was. What he did. So I did that just out of goodness of my heart. But we we renovate apartments nationwide is the main thing we do. We also do um, condos. Uh, but we uh, we're open to anything. We've done um, airport hangars. We've done a lot of shopping centers. Uh, and um, here locally, we have a residential division, and um, we paint and roof a lot of homes in um, Metro Atlanta area as well. Very good. You're, you're, you're busy. There's a lot of people uh, spending money on their homes these days. Yes, sir. We're very busy. We've been very fortunate. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, your organization won the Founders Award. I define that for you. Um, what does winning this award mean to you, Sid? It means I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at the people that's won it before me, and I'm, I'm, uh, hadn't, the award hadn't been around that long, and I'm proud to have won it and as uh, quickly as I, as I did and uh, it's a big honor to receive that award yeah um, I'm in company with some uh, people that I'm proud to be in that company some business giants yeah. for sure yes sir yes sir uh, yeah um, I was surprised I got it as early as I did and, well uh, there's a lot of folks that that aren't surprised yeah well thank you and uh, when I was younger, I'd go to these trade shows and I'd meet people and they'd say, oh, man, you're awfully young though in American painting. And, and um, I hadn't heard that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wisdom. <clears throat> Maybe. It's yes, not sir. age, it's you, wisdom. You live and learn. That's, you always, that's one thing I've learned. You're always learning. you you, you got to be open to change. Hmm, sounds like somebody else we know over here. Uh -huh. <clears throat> yep, you need how to always be thinking. How many employees do you have? Um, we're, we're actually running lean right now, um, uh, probably 14, 15 employees. Um, but we use a lot of subcontractors and, um, I have one consultant that works with me full time, but, um, in the summer months, we'll have sometimes over 400 people in the field. Oh, wow. And I think even now we're in the 200 plus range when you add up my employees and our subcontractors. And your subcontractors. This was a little bit of our slower season when it starts getting cool. Yeah, gotcha. Um, how, how's business sourced for you? How do you find new opportunities? You have a very good reputation. You're sort of far and wide. But when finding new opportunities, is it referral? Do they do they come to your website? How do they find you? Uh, most of it is um, referral now. And I still do old-fashioned marketing. Um, I mail um, out marketing packages. And uh, when I meet people, it's out the community. I follow up and follow up people when I do trade shows and this and that and the other. And I just... I got a talent at it a little bit. I'm lucky. Yeah. I don't know how I'll do it. I've tried to teach other people. Well, I think you just got it. Yeah, maybe. You know, sometimes yeah. you just got it, and clearly you do. Well, I, 
just a couple of years ago, there were seven of us in sales and going through COVID and, and um, it's down to just me and we're basically selling as much more than we ever have. Wow. Yep. Well, your name's on the door. Yeah. There's a I'm different responsibility a right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, 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 uh, over the last couple of years, I'm not talking about, um, I'm, uh, my question is more based on sort of painting and roofing technology than, than COVID related stuff. We've, we've sort of talked about that. What's changed in your industry in regards to paint, paint application, you know, stuff like that, or has it changed at all over the last several years? Well, um, I mean, has the paint gotten better? Yes. Paint, the paint technology, it's, it's gotten better constantly over the years. Uh, it's gotten more expensive and uh <laughs> right now there's actually paint shortages you know we had the um uh big storm uh you're so going texas and we're yep. still having uh, we will pick up paint in atlanta and take it to a job in north carolina and then a week two later we're bringing paint from north carolina to a job in atlanta oh wow but we're doing whatever we can do to keep our jobs going because a lot of our projects you know take a lot of paint and big jobs and we spend a lot of time uh, chasing paint right now and uh, we're also having trouble getting a lot of materials I have some windows ordered and on one particular job is six months out to get yeah. the windows that's usually two or three four six weeks you know I've heard that yep so yeah uh, I'm friends with a large <coughs> home builder up in up in uh, Gainesville and I mean their lead time for something as simple as windows or appliances is is far far longer than it has been uh, a couple of weeks ago on Regions Business Radio, we had an episode about supply chain mm-hmm. 101. Is 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 the paint that you use? Is it manufactured domestically, or do you? Is it typically manufactured um, uh, internationally? Uh, domestically, um, our, our number one supplier for paint is Sherwin Williams, and they produce it all that we use here in the United States. I, th- okay. I do think they make it worldwide, though. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. And we, uh, we use other manufacturers as well, but that's our number one supplier. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and you cover, are you nationwide? Yes, sir. We're, um, um, we've worked in over 30 states over the years. And um, some, you know, I probably, we work in 12 to 15 states a year. Okay. You know, places like California, Arizona, I don't, we don't have a job at Oregon every year, but the only reason we hadn't worked in the 48 or 50 states is um, we, we've never been asked to work in certain states. Before my clients have properties, they want us to bid a job, we'll get a license and we'll go bid it for them. Gotcha. Yep. That's good service right yes, there. Yes, sir. Yeah. We'll, we'll go where the work's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, who uh, has been influential on you in your business journey? Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, my mom and dad, I used to go to my dad for advice when he was alive. And um, when I was thinking about going in business, it was a big step for me because the company I was working at, I'd worked my way to the top and I was making good money. <clears throat> um, so it was a big step to go out on my own. Yeah. But they said, I, you know, they had, they had confidence in me that I could do it. And um, there's been a lot of other people along the way. Um, I have a great friend, and Steve Pickens is my main attorney in his firm, Happy Pickens and Tucker. Oh, yeah. Good um, guys over there. My CPA, William Sammons. Uh, my former boss, where I worked, where I learned how to do what I do before I started American Painting 30 years ago was Steve Allgood. He owns a construction company called Construction Corporation of America. He and I are still close friends. He was my college, basically. Okay. 
and he's a real good man. Yeah. And uh, my banker, Adam Tosic, uh, during the recession, was real hard on me, and I needed a loan. I went through three or four banks. Uh, the bank he was with at the time told me no a couple times, and but I got a new banker. It was him. He had faith in me, and he gave me a loan. As luck would have it, I paid it off within a year. Wow. But it 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 I'm still benefit, benefiting from it today. Yeah. So I'm thankful for him. Yeah, he's a good guy. And um, after my dad passed away, this gentleman's passed away now, but um, Jim Moran used to be the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Gwinnett County. We became real close friends. He introduced me to a lot of people. And then he used to give me a lot of business advice because former working at the Chamber, he worked for Motorola, and he was like over uh, Asia mm. at one point, South America. Oh, you wow. Know, so he had a lot of big jobs. Yeah. yeah. So he was a good guy to go to for advice, and he passed away this past year. I miss him a lot. Oh, I bet you do. Yep. I bet you do, him and your dad, I'm sure. Yep. Um, great, great folks to help you along your journey. Um, and I'm, there's a lot more I could go on and on. Oh, yeah. I bet we could do a whole episode on the yeah. uh, Sid Theus thank you list. Yeah, a lot of the people in Gwinnett that I've met through like the chamber and all, uh, successful businessmen, whenever I'm around them, I always ask them for advice. you got to always be willing to change, be some of my advice to y'all, and think all the time. Mm-hmm. Um that's the only thing that separates me from a lot of other people is to be think and I always try to do the right thing yeah amen you know what I tell um and I said this in the last episode I'm sorry to repeat myself y'all didn't hear it though but my one of my favorite life sayings is um show me your friends and I'll show you your future um the studies show that um you know you are a combination of your five closest friends and I have I have you know I have four kids they're they're 19 15 13 11 and and i pound that into their head and it and it applies to each of us as adults too um you know uh if if you want to be a successful entomologist hang out with successful entomologists or if you want to be a a backyard entomologist like i do now maybe i'll you know call shell and we'll have a conversation about spiders or sid um said i want to go to our key question for everybody hindsight is 2020 if you could go back in time, what piece of advice would you tell yourself when you started out? Probably similar to what you just said, but what would you? What advice would you give yourself when you started out? I'd tell myself to do everything the same way, have confidence in yourself, never, never give up. Mm-hmm. Even times get tough. Always think, work hard, start early, work late, whatever it takes to be successful. And I'd probably tell myself, when th- things happen and you're under a lot of stress, I used to tend to worry a lot. Uh, you'll, wor- you'll catch yourself worrying about worst-case scenario a lot. And when you try to do the right thing, you try to resolve things, with running business, things are going to happen from time to time. I do over 500 jobs a year. And, mm. you know, um, um, if you have just 1% or 2% with a problem on them, um, um, but it's usually not worst case scenario and it's usually not bad at all you just figure out what needs to be done and get it put behind you but sometimes you can't solve a problem in a day or two and it might take a month or two and you about worry yourself to death so try not to worry yourself to death you know 
so much easier Handle your stress said than butter. done. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I mean, today, today it's, it's still easier said than done. Because um, our minds you need create to, You this. need to work. Uh, you need to think about it, but don't try not to let it worry you to death because it does you more harm than good. It really know? does. Yeah. Our worst-case scenarios rarely are that bad. You know, yep. we make them. Make it's them very bad. seldom goes worst-case scenario. Yeah, it yeah. does. But yeah. you, I don't know. Why is our mind? Anyway. <laughs> What uh, what final comments would you have to the chamber or to the community that you'd like to share? Well, I'm um, I'm very thankful that, um, that the people thought I deserved this award, but I couldn't have done it without my employees, my staff, my subcontractors, mm. uh, you know, my bankers, my CPAs, my attorneys, and, and um, all my friends that give me advice, and my clients, and um, I'm 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 real thankful to. You know, even been nominated for award, and I was very proud to made the ten finalists and to win it was um I was very surprised. Yes. And um, I hate that I was sick that day and couldn't be there in person because I was really looking forward to receiving the award. <laughs> well, it's well deserved, um, and uh, we're happy to have had you today. Um, in in closing, just thank you all for being here. Congratulations on your awards, and uh, they're all so deserving in each of your categories. The conversation today was really good. Um, I hope that you can use this uh, along your own business journey, and I hope that others can learn from you as well. So thank you all for being here. This has been the Gwinnett Chambers online radio show and podcast, The Voice of Business, featuring small businesses. You can enjoy, you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking The Voice of Business. The show is also available on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our future shows. Until next time, I'm J.D. Mealer with Regions Bank, and you've been listening to The Voice of Business, presented by Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce on Business Radio X. <laughs>